This person is just amazing. Um, she is absolutely the real deal. I'm so in love with Jesus. Very transparent. Whenever she preaches, um, there's just she just kind of, Lord uses her to go right into, into our hearts. So would you open your hearts ahead of time? Say, Holy Spirit, open my heart for what Karina Lout has to share with me. I'll explain that later. Hi. Welcome. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your presence. Thank you, God, for loving us the way that you do. Um, wow. Thank you, Jesus. We just want to taste and see that you are good. We want all of you, just like... Like Brent was saying earlier, thank you, Lord, that you just fill every need. You put a need in our hearts, and then you do that because you want to show us the fullness of all that you are. Thank you, Lord. I was just so lost in worship, and I just kind of want to stay in that place this whole time, just ah, <laughs> soaking in his goodness and his love for us. I just sometimes get so just lost in his presence, and it's just like you don't want to do anything else. So thank you, God, that we could just stay lost in your presence, even as I'm talking tonight, that we would just encounter you, Jesus, in such a deep, intimate way, God. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you for your winds of refreshing. Thank you for the way that you kiss us, the way you kiss our hearts awake the way that you just let us just lean our head into your chest and just press ourselves into you to where we just we are one with you and there's no separation so we do we do that even now Jesus we just press ourselves into you closer and closer just even till we just feel your breath on ours on our face <laughs> thank you lord mm we just taste and see that you are good. You're so, so good. You've always been good. You've always been kind. You've always been loving. It's impossible for you to be anything less. Thank you, God. Thank you that your love never fails. It never gives up and it never runs out. We just can never exhaust your love. It's just endless. Thank you, God. <laughs> Oh, last night, my friend Susan Folkler, she just, she had this uh, picture over me of, um, of a red seal, and she's like, I just see that you're so just sealed, and um, I just so feel that over you guys right now, just, oh, that you are so blood-bought and just sealed, that the Lord just says, I have my seal of approval over each one of you. Thank you, God, over each one here, that you are not disappointed, that you completely approve, that there are no defects. You put your seal of approval and say, you are mine. I approve of you. I don't change my mind about you ever. 
You approve 100%. Thank you, God. Because of your blood, you just approve of us 100%. There's nothing about us that you don't like. There's nothing about us that makes you upset or angry. You're just completely pleased, and you just delight over us. So I just bless you with that. Mm, Thank you, Lord. And also... So we were watching, uh, we didn't get to go to Jesus Culture Awakening, but I was watching a a message by Kim Walker, and she was saying that, uh, you know, when she became a Christian, she would kind of struggle because she just loved the presence of God, but she just kind of had in her heart a place of offense with God because bad things happened to her as a child, and so she could not get over that offense, and so... I don't know, I just was thinking about that just now too over some of you that sometimes you just have to lay that offense down and say, Jesus, your presence is more important than understanding why bad things happen. And you know, there are bad things happening right now. There's hurricanes and things and sometimes we want to, we just want to explain why earthquakes and hurricanes and things happen because it, it makes us feel better to have an explanation well. It's God's judgment, which, no, it's not, and it's this or it's that. And so I just feel like, you know, like Bill Johnson says, if you want the peace that passes understanding, sometimes you just have to lay down your right to understand and just rest in his presence. And so thank you, God. You know, even your co-inclusion in Christ is a mystery because it says that this is the great mystery concerning Christ in the church, that you're one with him. I mean, how can we wrap our brains around the fact that we are one with Christ? And even that is a mystery. So Jesus, we do just lay down our right to understand things and the need to have to explain why this or that's happening or why things happened in our life. And we just say that your presence, God, is so much more important to us. It's our priority over needing to understand. And and we lay down a fence and trying to figure it all out because we never will figure it all out, right? Ah, But that's the great mystery of just enjoying God in the midst of not understanding things sometimes. Yeah, it can be fun. So, I don't have a fun little uh, slideshow. Gosh, I feel a little deficient the way Brent and Suzanne always have these amazing slideshows, but nah, it's okay. So, I'm not. I'm not deficient. I'm totally approved. I'm totally full, and it's all great and groovy. So, oh, yeah, you could look at this painting down here. Okay, so first uh, go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23, and this is in the message. So I'll give you a little time. That's 1 Thessalonians 5. And it says, May God himself, the God who makes everything holy and whole, make you holy and whole, put you together, spirit, soul, and body, and keep you fit for the coming of Jesus. Yes, the one who called you is completely dependable. If he said it, he'll do it. Yes, he will do it. He will make you holy and whole. So 
You know, Jesus takes what seems like fractions of ourselves and parts of our heart, and he makes all of it whole. He does that for us. And even when we feel like we're not whole and everything's falling apart, he says, I hold you together, fit you together, and make you completely whole. So um, at Wildfire, we like to have our little family talks, and uh, I gather them all up front, and they sit in front of me like little geese, and uh, they're just so cute. We love family talks because we get to talk about relationships, and we talk about how to confront in love, how to communicate, um, difficulties we're having, we have question and answer time, and we just, we love building family. It's, you know, I just feel like, Family is on God's heart right now, that we would just be in each other's lives and that we would be available for each other, that we would know how to be healthy. And, and you know, we eat together, we play apples to apples, we play lots of games together, we just eat breakfast together, we have a good old time, and we talk about life stuff. And so um, I think this is, you know, why God put this on my heart is because during one of these times, one of the most, I think, a huge spotlight, something that we were talking about that I just feel like was one of the best pieces of advice, I think, that we've given them is that when you come into a marriage, you don't want to be a half person marrying your better half. And so it's like, hmm, that kind of messes with your logic a little bit. Like, that seems to make sense because that's what we've always been told, that, you know, you meet your better half. But, um, hmm. What, what, you know, it says the two shall become one. And so, but, you know, two halves don't necessarily make a whole. And so, um, what would it look like for a whole person to be in relationship with another whole person? And um, what does that look like? You know, not in marriage, but in all of our relationships. Because Jesus said we're whole, we're not half a person. And so, you know, when I met Todd, I was... um, young, I was 18, and I, you know, just had a lot of past stuff that I was just really hurting, and so I would kind of look to him to kind of, oh, he just, you know, he couldn't love me enough. He couldn't say all the right things. He couldn't, he just, it just was never enough. It was like, oh, just went right through me, and um, so he would just try his best. Everything that he thought I needed to hear, he would encourage me and all that, and so, you know, he was never meant to fill that void, that place. And, and so, yes, we complement each other. And he has, like, amazing strengths that I don't have and then vice versa and all that. But now we get to add to. We add to each other's lives. And um, he gets to be who he's supposed to be in my life for me. He gets to be a whole person. He doesn't have to be someone that needs to constantly fill me and then it just never takes, you know. So, what can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I kind of wanted to sing that tonight. Nothing but the blood. So, you all know that we are a new breed. We've never, we're just like nothing that's ever been seen on the earth before. We're a new creation. Jesus came and he said, I've made you whole. And and, uh, he filled that gap and he says, I'm breaking down that wall of separation. And so, um, you know, the word shalom, it means so much more than peace, hello, and goodbye. You guys know that shalom actually means full. It means you're full, you're complete, you, you have health, you're perfect. There's nothing missing, nothing broken. 
completely full, completely whole. That's what shalom means. And so, you know, when we're in Israel and you greet people, you say, shalom. Well, they kind of say it like, shalom. I don't know. It's really cute. And so you're saying you're complete, you're whole. And um, there's so much power in that word. And so the Suzanne was talking about words last week. And so the conjugated verb of that is shulam. And that means uh, it's paid for, completely paid for. So you are shalom, full, complete, whole, even when you don't feel like it. So turn to uh, Ephesians 2, verse uh, 14. If you like, I'll just read it to you because it's not up there. So it says, for he himself is our peace. And you can replace peace with wholeness because he's our her peace, our wholeness. He's our shalom. He has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace or wholeness that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. Powerful stuff. So we are whole through what he's done for us, something that we could never achieve on our own, so that we could never do enough to be whole. And so Jesus says, you're no longer half a person needing others to fill that void, that empty void, that, that longing, because Jesus came to bring life, and he came so that um, we would be whole, and it's only through him and by him that we are made whole and complete. So that's what I want to talk about tonight with you guys is um, how we are created with all these needs and desires and how Jesus came to fulfill everyone. And you sometimes think, oh, why do I even, why do I have a need? But Jesus actually gave us those needs and desires because he wanted to fulfill it. And, and so, and then also where does um, the body fit in? Where do our relationships fit in and all that? So... We are one body, many parts, all baptized into one body. And so because the indwelling Christ, we each carry him on the inside of us, then um, we're also, you know, in our relationships, we also are part of that fulfillment. So we are living representatives of Christ on the earth. Yes. And so... In each one of us, we each carry, um, you know, a different, unique expression of what God's like, what, who he is and what he's like. So um, if relationship wasn't of any relevant, you know, if it wasn't important to Jesus, he would have just said, you know, this is just a one-man show here. And, uh, but he didn't do that. He said, I don't need, but I want human beings, and I want disciples to walk with me, that I could teach them, that I can walk out relationship with them. And I'm sure that, you know, back then rabbi, rabbis chose their disciples, so he probably chose people that he enjoyed being around, people that he really liked, not, you know, some guys that just got on his nerves. I mean, they, they had to work through things, but Jesus wants relationship, right? <laughs> So, Ephesians 4, verse 16, it says, The whole body is joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share and causes, this is important, it causes growth of the body 
for the edifying of itself in love. So that's, that's important that as we come together, it causes growth. And so when one part of the body isn't working correctly, then, you know, it affects everything else. Kind of like um, when you have a clogged artery. And so when you have a clogged artery, the blood, the oxygenated blood can't flow properly to the heart and to all the other major organs. And so the arteries are completely dependent and need to get their life source met through the heart and vice versa. So what happens when someone in the body falls apart or, you know, gosh, not everything's great all the time. Tough things happen. Yeah, we got the joy, but tough things happen sometimes. Issues come up. So God has completely, he's purposed a way for the body to function together in a way that would produce health and life. So that's, that's how he purposed things. And so, you know, like I said, when I was 18, a young Christian, and I was just like, oh, just needed the love and the acceptance and the affirmation and just, you know, nothing, nothing was ever enough. It was just like I could just didn't have that revelation yet that Jesus really loved me and liked me. And so, you know, with that, it's kind of like, um, it's like, Every opportunity to get, you're going to get offended over things because you just don't already know that you're accepted in the beloved. So it's like you don't mean to, but you're kind of finding all these opportunities to get offended. And so it wasn't until I really encountered truth. And truth is a person. And so truth came to me, and he's like, you are loved. You are accepted. And so when that happens and you know that you're accepted in the beloved, then the pressure's off of everyone else to feel responsible to make you feel loved and accepted, right? And so they don't feel that, oh my gosh, that pressure, like I just can't ever say enough and <laughs> they're just not getting it and I feel like I'm, you know, hurting their feelings all the time. So the pressure's off them. It doesn't mean you don't still struggle, but that's what causes growth in the body. That's how we are to function and encourage and love each other. And so um, it doesn't mean you don't need each other because I, I need, you know, Lonnie and Angela, Brent and Suzanne to constantly remind me how loved I am, how God sees me, and uh, to tell me just keep going, keep going, you know. But now it's like my relationships are the chocolate syrup. It's like the sprinkles on the yummy cake that I'm already enjoying. It's like they add to. They don't feel responsible Oh, gosh, she's not feeling all loved. I mean, I'm not saying I don't still struggle, but I'm, I'm just saying they add to, you know, like Cold Stone. You go to Cold Stone, you get some ice cream, and what would the ice cream be without all the toppings? It would just be ice cream. The toppings are the best. The chocolate sprinkles, all that good stuff, yes. So, you know, I, I can't even say, it, it was so cool, I was thinking about this, that, like, I can't even say when that shift happened or when that even took place. Like, when, when did that even happen? Like, it's just like all of a sudden you're not needing all the, these feelings aren't controlling your life, and, and you're just really, no, wow, I really am accepted. So it's just like over time sometimes. It's a suddenly. God does a suddenly. He said it is finished. And then, you know, we still struggle, though, right? Or maybe it's just me. I don't know. <laughs> but um, so uh, I love this quote by Nelson Mandela. And he said, There is nothing like returning to a place that remains unchanged 
to find the, the ways in which you yourself have been altered. So that's the neat thing is like, wow, you just don't even realize how all this love and encouragement is really affecting you until you step into a place that it's kind of been the same. You're like, oh, I'm not reacting to th things the same. I'm responding. It doesn't affect me. And so I just want to encourage you guys with that, that gosh, you're awesome. And, and I know that, that this is totally you too, that, that there is, if you're feeling discouraged, like there are some big changes and big transformations. And God is just, he's just so pleased with you. So just take that and, um, yeah. So, so really, um, when one part of the body, body is suffering, our job is to just point them to truth, to point them to the source. And that's all that, that it is with Sozo is like, you just say, well, we're just tour guides and you're just leading people to the one who brings all truth. And so um, as babies, we've we got all these, um, you know, you got needs, you got all these things that only mom and dad can fill and they're, you totally depend on them to survive. I mean, I remember when our kids were babies, and I just did not some, well, hopefully it's okay with this. I just didn't want to get up during the night sometimes. <laughs> like, and so you, okay, I'll be honest, you kind of pretend like you're sleeping, and then you hope that the other one's going to wake up. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> but they depend on you for everything. You're like, would you just get up this time? And anyway... But, you know, we work through that, and we take turns and all that stuff. But, oh, you don't want to get up during the night sometimes. So they need us for everything. And then as you grow and mature, uh, you have this sort of give and take relationship. And that's covenant. That's part of growing up is your needs change, right? We don't need to be fed anymore, hopefully. You need diapers changed, and your needs change. And so... For those of you that have had to take care of a, an aging or an ill parent, I can't even imagine, but, you know, you see how those roles kind of change. That's difficult. But as we grow up, hopefully we're growing into healthy relationships most of the time. Not always, but uh, your needs change, and um, we, we grow up. So here's how uh, I just want to explain, like, for the growth of the body, how needs are met in a healthy way that produces life and health. And that actually doesn't take away from me, but actually benefits me. So my kids will come to me if they need extra love. And hi, Josiah. Extra, that's Josiah back there. He's a senior this year. I have a senior now. <laughs> so they need, like, extra love and support. Yes, yes. And... Uh, so it's totally natural for me to want to love on them. It's like, oh, I'm a, that's my mother's heart. I was created to love my kids that way. And so we're both getting our needs met because I'm loving on them, and they're, get, they're filling the love. And so it's this uh, natural but yet supernatural exchange that takes place that I'm actually benefiting, and they're not taking anything from me. And that is the kingdom that's kingdom, that's being whole and complete. And so the opposite of that would be like, you know, I'm sure, I don't know if any of you have an alcoholic parent, but maybe you grew up and um, you have to take care of all of their needs and you feel responsible and you feel neglected. And so that's the opposite because you're never meant to do that. And so um, 
I just totally believe that heaven has laid out this design for us that we would function and live out relationship in a way that produces life and that bears a lot of fruit because everything Jesus does bears fruit. Everything he does, everything he is uh, produces life and health and growth and that is the kingdom. So we're all born with... um, basic needs and desires. That's how we're born. And so Jesus does that because he loves to display his fullness in each one of them and how Christ came to fulfill every need and and uh, to make us whole. He's like, I want to show you what wholeness is like. That's why I gave you just this need, this dependence for me. And so the thing about it that is just wrecks me that I love is that he just doesn't give us a need or a desire that he's not fully confident in himself that he's able to satisfy it you know he's like I am so confident that I could satisfy that desire in your heart that's why I placed it there and not only that he's like oh yes I am just giddy I am ecstatic about filling that desire that place that you need me in your heart He's like, oh I can't wait to fill you with the, with myself and so Every single desire, every single one we have in our heart was first birthed in the heart of God and then is fulfilled in one man, Christ in you. And it's like he just, he loves to fulfill those needs and desires in our heart. So Psalm 107, verse 9, don't have to turn there. It just says, for he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry with goodness. He satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry with goodness. So have you guys ever just been so hungry that you just ate something that was not satisfying like McDonald's or sorry if you like McDonald's or some other fast food and it's just like that made me feel worse. It's like yuck. (laughs) Sorry, but I don't like McDonald's. And uh you know, but you're just so hungry, you're like, oh gosh, I gotta satisfy myself with something, and you eat some curly fries and a big old hamburger, and you're like, oh my gosh, why did I eat that? Because I was so hungry, when I could have get filled up on a big old yummy tri-tip salad or something like that. And so you feel worse because we were never meant to fill ourselves with something artificial, and so. Jesus is like, oh, just eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. Yes, and you'll be satisfied, like, even better than eating tri-tip. Like, you'll be full to the brim, completely full, and yet it's crazy because we're full, and then there's this powerful tension all throughout the Bible that says, You'll be fully satisfied, and yet you just are still hungry for more. It's like, oh, that tasted so good. I just want more. But he completely satisfies you. And, and it's that tension that you just got to live with the tension. I think Bill Johnson, he said, there's truth found in tension, and that's okay. It's okay to have mystery. It's okay to have tension. Just enjoy him in it. Yes. So... Here are some desires and some longings uh, of the human heart that Jesus came to fulfill so that we would be whole people. And some of these are in Mike Bickle's book, The Longings of the Human Heart. And not all of them, your favorite book. Good, I actually haven't read the whole thing. But anyway, so these are some that Jesus came to fulfill. And so 
One of them is we have the desire for the assurance that we are enjoyed by God. So that's the desire in our heart that, oh, Jesus, you don't only love me, but you really, really like me. You really like, wow, you like me too? Because that's big to know, you know, when someone says they love you, but do they really like me? Do they like all those little funny things about me? Yes, he really, 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 really likes you a lot. He likes the quirks. He likes everything. And so he came to fulfill that. And then we have a desire to make a lasting impact, to make a difference in the world. It's part of what they're doing at Kingdom Training, equipping people, because that's a desire in our heart. We can't help but just spill out and, and to be revivalists and to be history makers and change the world. So he said, yes, I put that in you. That's why I've given you power, not to just, uh, I've given you power and authority for a reason, to change the world and to, like Eric's going to do, bring justice. So he came to fulfill that. He said, um, we also have a need to have it says it sounds kind of funny to say we have a need because, you know, in our culture it's hard to say I have a need because then you feel a little vulnerable, but we do have needs and we have desires. And so we have a need to have intimacy without shame, without having any shame. And so 1 Corinthians 13:12 says, "For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. So now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am known." So this is the thing that intimacy is built in that place of keeping that steady gaze, just looking at him, looking at the one who loves me. He loves me. He delights in me, even in the midst of my struggles. And even more so in my struggles, he loves me. He delights in me. I don't have to be ashamed. I think it says in Psalm that 34, those who look to him, your face is radiant and you're, you're never filled with shame. You're never covered with shame or something like that. So we, we have that desire. We want to be intimate with the Lord, with the one, and not feel embarrassed or ashamed. And so um, the next one is we have a desire for spiritual gifts. So it says in 1 Corinthians, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. So I'm just going to take a little detour, if you don't mind, and the dots will hopefully connect, that this is something Jesus has been highlighting to me lately. And um, don't worry, it's going to be okay. But um, with the spiritual gifts, I feel like God is really saying that he wants um, the character to be built as a firm foundation that the spiritual gifts can build on. Without the character, I don't. spiritual gifts are important. Don't get me wrong. They're very, very, very important. But it's, it's actually a given that you would heal the sick. Did you know that? That it's a given that you'd prophesy. All shall prophesy. It's a given that you have the power to raise, uh, to raise the dead. That's your inheritance. That's a given that, you know, we, we forget that, wow, that is all ours. It's not all of you will prophesy. All of you will heal the sick. So, but it says in Romans that, might not be too popular, but that character uh, is produced through perseverance, right? So, it's, it's produced. And so it's sometimes laying down, choosing to serve. And, you know, we honored Tim Kelly last week. And it's like we honored him for his service, for his character, for his integrity. That was like a display of what that looks like, of that, that true character. And so when I'm late, you know, I, I'm going to be honest that I have a difficult time being late. 
you know, I, <laughs> anyway, I, and so you're late or maybe you have difficulty following through or you cancel on people a lot and, you know, it's okay and, uh, well, it's not okay, but <laughs> anyway, I'm just trying to not make you guys feel bad. I'm just letting you know that I'm late, okay? And so, you know, maybe you feel the need to talk negatively, to criticize how other people do things a lot and so... God was saying, you know, what it really comes down to, the root of it all is just needing a higher value for honor for people. And so, because when I'm late all the time, that's not nice. You know, it's really like saying that my time is more valuable than yours, really. And, you know, I don't want to sound harsh. I hope this isn't sounding harsh, but it's just all about growing up. You know, character is important. It's about growing up. And everything that God says that we are, that he, we're already created, that's, that's who we are. It's um, in the mirror translation in Romans 12, it says, live consistent with who you already are. So live consistent with who you are, part of, part of growing up. So it's, it's not works, it's actually just resting in who Jesus said, this is who you are. So God gave me this picture. Um, that if I were to uh, rewash my car, which I do not like washing my car, that's not my favorite. I'll let Josiah do it, Todd. That's like my love language if you wash my car. I don't know why. I just, I'll clean everything else, but I just don't like washing the car. But if I were to, to rewash it after Todd already did it, and uh, it's not going to get any cleaner than it already is, right? And so it's like using our own efforts to become more holy, more righteous. You're not going to get any more holy or righteous, okay? So you might as well just, just rest in the fact that you already are righteous through what he's done for you. Okay, so, but getting the oil changed. I don't mind getting the oil changed. Getting the tune-ups and all that, that's our responsibility. And so it's... Um, it's being responsible and taking care of what Jesus has given us, these spiritual gifts, right? And so we do those things. And um, so uh, righteousness, salvation, all that is a gift. And character is produced. It says it's produced, developed. So it's usually like the seemingly negative things in your life that really show you what you're made of because... Um, pressure on your life reveals character, what you're really made of. That's who you really are. You're not one that just is a little flaky, right? Well, who we really are is we have Christ in us. And so to be a whole people, we're not lacking anything. We have the character. We have the attributes of who Jesus is inside of us, and it's like to display it on the earth. So just take that. And just say, yes, I already have the character inside of me. I just need to live consistent with who you say I am, God, and have grace for yourself. You know, doesn't mean you have to have it all together. You don't have to have all your ducks in a row, because I don't. It, it's, there's endless amounts of grace in this, as we're all growing and we're all learning. So Jesus holds us together. He holds us together. So just don't want anyone to go away feeling bad, okay? <laughs> Anyway, so now we're going to go back and, uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> back to our desires, okay? So we took a little detour there, and um, it's all good. It's all good. So back to our desires, and um, 
God wants all of us, all of our senses to be awake and alive and whole and to be in full operation. And so that is what's, you know, that's part of being whole, that we would be able to taste and see and hear. That is part of being whole. So I want to focus on another desire in our heart. And so that is to behold the beauty of the Lord. That is a desire in our heart that we want to see his beauty. And so that's part of being whole is that we would all be able to see his beauty, right? And so that's my favorite topic because I love looking at him and him looking back at me and all that ooey gooey stuff. So seeing is like huge for me. I just, I don't know why, but I just don't like when people say that they can't see because I just feel like, you know, it's just not okay. That's not walking in the fullness of everything Christ came, you know, for. That he paid on the cross, that we would all be able to behold his beauty. And um, so why would he say, behold, you know, you look through the Bible, behold is in there all throughout the Bible. Why would he say, behold? Why would he tell us, look, behold? That's what behold means, look if he wasn't fully expectant that we would see him. That is walking in the fullness of, of being able to see God. And so um, I remember one time I was at a meeting, and um, we were all experiencing heaven, and we were all seeing similar landscapes, similar things, and uh, it was beautiful. And so then this woman came to me as we were, I was in heaven, and she was like many nations. I couldn't tell if she was Arabic, if she was Hispanic, she was Asian. She was like many nations. She was beautiful. And so here she comes, and she's like a tour guide for me. And she starts just taking me through heaven and showing me around. And I said, I turned to her, and I say, what's your name? And she said, Mira. And I said, what? Well, I didn't know what that meant, but anyway, she showed me all around. Yeah, I know. And so um, then afterward, I'm like, oh, I saw this beautiful woman showing me around heaven, and her name was Mita. And someone said, that means look. It's like, cool. God really wants us to see. And um, so it's just so important. So I'm going to have um, my sweet daughter, Sierra, come up. And uh, she's going to share a testimony of how God filled that desire uh, when she wanted to see him. Come on up, Sierra. Okay, um, so during my freshman year of high school, I was, um, I was going through a lot of like rough times, and I was feeling a bit depressed because because um, I forgot who I was, and I just, I put the, like, identity tags on me and the names of this, that this world gave me on myself, and um, during the summer after freshman year, I got f set free from a lot of depression, set free from a lot of stuff, but I still didn't fully know who I was, or I forgot fully who I was, and, um, so a few months ago, I was just spending time with God in my room, and um, I was closing my eyes and meditating on him and asking him if I could, 
I, I was just asking him, God, can I see you right now? God, let me see your face. And so as I waited and waited for him, I saw his face and um, I saw, it was mostly focused on his eyes and his eyes were flame, had flames in them and they were actually white flames. I thought they would be like red flames. I was like, God, what's up with this? And, and so um, he was telling me that it's a representation of who he is, the color in his eyes, the white flames, and he's pure and holy. And um, then, then a few minutes later, he was telling me as I just kept beholding his beauty that I was also seeing my reflection in his eyes and that, um, and that he just, he's just telling me that I'm his pure spotless bride, that he loves me so much and that, that um, I'm a part of who he is and that I'm holy too, and and he's just, and then I saw the flames coming closer, and they came till they just came in my heart, and they came inside of me, and God was saying, this is who you are. You are my pure, spotless bride, and you are holy before my eyes, and and after after seeing, beholding his beauty, um, I just, I didn't listen to everything other people, t like other things that people told me, other negative words that people told me, even if it was just saying that I'm really shy or quiet, I I understand why they would see that, but I just never really liked people saying that about me, and I just, I'm not offended anymore whenever people say stuff like that to me, because I'm so confident in who God's called me to be, <laughs> and my identity in Him. So, let's ask you, Sierra, have you always seen, or was that new for you? Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I have, uh, but it was just, it hadn't been a while since I've really, well, I kind of didn't believe too much in seeing, like fully believe. I believed that I could see, but I felt like I had to try really hard to see, and yeah, it was just, now I know it's just so easy to see him. You've, if you just close your eyes, you could see him right right now. Yeah. yeah. Yes, that's good. Okay. So that's so good, Sierra. Yes. And so I, <laughs> I love that she got it. She got that need met for herself. Like she went to that secret place and she's like, I know how to get what I need, and God met her. And, you know, it's we, we need each other. God uses us to encourage each other and all that. But she went straight to the source. You know how much more powerful it is when you get it for yourself rather than someone else telling her, because I tell her that all the time, how God sees her. And so that's when it's life-changing. So that, you know, it's that one thing I desire of the Lord. This is that uh, what I would seek, is that I would dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, God, that I would behold your beauty. Yes, that transcendent beauty, God. Jesus, the perfection of beauty, God, that you would shine forth. You are the perfection of beauty. Transcendent in every way. Yes, so here's the thing. The longer that you gaze into his eyes, they become deeper and deeper. They're just like pools with no end. And you get over that initial feeling of, oh, it's awkward, I want to look away, but the longer you look, it's like they're wells, they're deep, deep, so look. 
And so what I would love more than anything is to dispel that lie that only some people get to see. That's a lie. So we don't have to grab onto someone else's encounter. Yes, what happened with Sierra is great, but we don't have to grab onto that. We get our own encounter because seeing isn't reserved only for certain few, like, oh, they're seers. You're all seers, right? We're whole people in all of our senses. God wants all of our senses alive and awake. So, like, if, if you don't, let's go ahead right now and close your eyes, if you would. And so, you, are, you normally maybe feel like you don't see, and just picture a door. Just a door. Yeah. Just go ahead and open your eyes. You can go back there later. So normally, if you feel like you don't see, I'm sure everybody saw a door, right? It's a different kind of door for each person, and later on, go through that door if you feel led to. And so that's exactly what God did with Ezekiel. He said, what do you see? And it's really that simple. It's so simple. It's not something we have to try to muster up. It's our inheritance. And so Jesus laid out the appearance of heaven and what it looks like because he wants us to enter in and experience it. So now we're going to go ahead and um, I'm going to have Matt play a song. It's by Misty Edwards and you're going to close your eyes. And those of you that don't normally see, you're going to see. I know you will because Misty's going to explain heaven and um, it's just going to be a few minutes long. Just go ahead and soak and uh, I'm going to, I think you're going to be really encouraged when, that you're really going to see. You're going to see the appearance of heaven. You got it, Todd? I looked and behold I saw Visions of God I saw Visions of
Shut up. <laughs> Whoa, yes. Yes. So, those of you that feel like you don't ever see, were you able to see the appearance of heaven laid out? And oh, all it takes is just someone, you know, suggestion, just someone saying it, and you immediately go to them, go to that place. So, vision is extremely important, and, and that's part of of being whole. <laughs> so 
If I were to tell you and give you facts and a list of all the reasons why we need a new building, you know, you probably wouldn't really get the full picture, but if I were to tell you, oh, this is what I see. I see 24-7 worship. I see teenagers coming after school and doing their homework and playing instruments. I see kingdom training students over here getting equipped. I see the homeless being fed over here in this kitchen area. I see kids doing, um, making worship flags over in this cool little art area. And so you would get this like bigger picture of what it is when you really see it, right? Not just facts. And so what you see, you become. You become what you see. So capturing vision is, you know, it's not repeating our blazing fire vision statement. It's actually seeing the vision. And so... We get the fullness of God. We all get it. We are shalom. We are nothing missing, nothing broken, complete and full. Having all five senses in full operation and awake in the natural and the spiritual. Right? So I love the story, story of, um, now I'm kind of wrecked, okay, of Bartimaeus. And so he's the blind man. And he says, son of David, have mercy on me. And so Jesus goes to him and says, what would you, what do you need? What would you have me do? And he says, Rabbi, that I would receive my sight. And so Jesus says, go your way. Your faith has healed you. And he was healed, right? And so what I love about this is Bartimaeus, he was physically blind, but he wasn't spiritually blind. He recognized in his heart who Jesus was, that Jesus is my Messiah. And he's the one that has, he carries the power to heal me right? And so his body just comes into total alignment with what his heart already knew, that, that Jesus would be the one to make him whole, not just physically, but to be spiritually whole. And so Jesus says, I love this, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your soul. And so, not in part, not just halfway, not just partway, with all of it. And so, that's not just a commandment, you know. It was it started out as a commandment, and it's not just like some distant hope. It is his promise that you would love him. That's his promise. You'll love him with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, not just in part. So, seeing is your inheritance. So, I just wonder, I'm going to end soon, but why... Why does God, why did he create us with all these senses, with, you know, we have more than the basic five that we're familiar with, with uh, taste, uh, seeing, vision, or no, I already said seeing, um, touch, smell, hearing, did I, say, I might have written them down, I don't know, anyway, so there's more than that, there's like, we all have temperature differences, we have balance differences. Some people like it hot, some people like it cold, and some people are always cold. We have direction, you know, we have all these different senses. And so the reason God did that is because he created us for eternal pleasure. So desire for pleasure is a gift from God. And so I just think that God wants to change our paradigm of what we think pleasure is. He's going to change our whole grid for pleasure because early on I remember thinking pleasure was equated with sin. It was like a bad word in the church. And maybe some churches still think that. I don't know. But um, it's wrong. It is wrong. Desire for pleasure is a gift. He created us for pleasure. And so Christ came 
that he would, we would have just this most enjoyable, fun-filled, exciting life that we could ever imagine. That is his promise to us, and that's his fullness being made manifest in our lives, right? Because we can never exhaust his goodness. So, almost done. Um, you know, I remember feeling guilty when I was younger if I would, like, laugh too much, if I was too happy because um, life was difficult. My mom had to work full-time. My parents were divorced. So it was just a lie I believed. And so I just want to tell you, if you're one that feels guilty for being too happy when there's, like, seemingly negative situations or whatever, that God has given you total permission to just laugh out loud, to just enjoy yourself don't have to feel guilty. I mean, that's the most powerful thing, laughter. And uh, this is how Jesus demonstrated. He demonstrated it for us in Psalm 2. He says, the kings of the earth will plot against the Lord. The nations will come and they will conspire against him. And everyone's going to, you know, be gathered around and, and just plotting and conspiring against God. And so what's his response? You guys know what his response? He sits on the throne and he laughs. He laughs, and so that is the fullness of God. That's being whole, enjoying him completely with all of our senses, alive and awake. And, and uh, I was looking up, like, laughter is proven to be, it's proven to cause unity. It's proven to be contagious, one of those things that's really contagious, you know, when you start laughing and everyone else just kind of laughs. It's, it's proven to medically to affect your health. I'm sure you guys know that. I'll read a few facts here. It's cool. Laughter relaxes the whole body. <laughs> a good hearty laugh relieves physical tension and stress, leaves your muscles relaxed for up to 45 minutes after. It boosts your immune system. It decreases stress hormones and increases immune cells and infection-fighting antibodies, improving your resistance to disease. <laughs> laughter triggers the release of endorphins, your, natural, your body's natural feel-good chemicals, and laughter protects the heart. It improves the function of blood vessels and increases blood flow, which can help protect you against a heart attack and other cardiovascular problems. Who knew? Yes, we need to laugh a whole lot more and be enjoying God a whole lot more. Yes, even in the midst of hard times. So here's this painting down here. And um, someone painted this at youth group. I don't know who. We, we leave out art stuff every Monday night. And then the kids just come and paint. And so I was, uh, this is so cool, reading Psalm 1611. It says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So, yes, bad things happen, but we get to enjoy God in the midst of it. That, that's our inheritance, to enjoy him because his pleasure is always accessible. And so if you're, you have difficulty finding his pleasure, it's here in his right hand. And so, yes, look for his right hand. And so this painting is like, I just think, wow, that's just his pleasure just flowing from his hand. And then you can see like it's going up into his veins. Like that's who he is. He's filled with pleasure. And it doesn't, you know, we can't exhaust it. It's always accessible. So I don't know who painted this, but I thought it was really cool. And um, I think, wait, can I give it to someone? I don't know. Yeah. Let's see. 
I'm gonna give this to Pam Linker. Yes, that's yours to enjoy the Lord. Pam, we love you, we honor you, you're awesome. Oh, so it's part of your DNA, it's part of your makeup that you would taste, you would taste and see that and know that the Lord is good, that you would taste, that you would see, that you would feel him, you know? I don't, I, I just feel like it's not okay when people say, I just don't feel anything. God created you with senses so that you would be fully alive, fully awake and, and operating in all this, that you would be able to really feel him and sense him. And so, you know, that you would get tingles in your fingers and you would just feel like you can't contain yourself. I mean, that's, I'm not saying like that shows like you love God more, but I'm just saying that some people really want that. And so that's part of being whole is really getting to experience that. And so I just kind of want to just dispel that whole lie that it's really difficult and it's only for some to see and only for some to hear and for some to really feel because it's not at all. So um, let's go ahead and stand up for a minute <laughs> if you can. Stretch, stretch. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, assume the position, whatever that looks like, <laughs> and receive. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Oh, Jesus, thank you that you came to make us completely whole, all of us, all of our hearts, all of our mind, all of our soul, not in part, but all. Thank you, God, that, that you came so that all of our senses would be fully alive and awake, that we could really enjoy you. Oh, Jesus, thank you that you said that you would fulfill every need and desire in our heart. We need in love. Jesus, you just are so ready and ecstatic about giving us some extra love. Thank you that you sent Christ to fulfill everything that we could possibly need. Oh, Jesus, I just ask even now that, that you just begin to... Uh, awaken, tickle our senses, and that we would really hear you and see you and be able to walk in the fullness of everything you have for us. Shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken, perfect, complete, whole. Put your, just go ahead and put your hand on your heart. Thank you, Lord, that you said we would love you with all of our heart, all of our heart. We will hold nothing back from you, that we get to love you wholeheartedly, wholeheartedly God not shattered, not broken pieces of ourselves, that you hold us completely together. And even if we're not feeling like it, even if we're struggling, Jesus, you still said that I will hold you together. You said in Colossians, you hold all things together. Oh, thank you, Lord, for holding us together when we feel like we're falling apart. Thank you, Jesus, for making us a whole people. And I pray over blazing fire over this church that we would be a people that would function and that we would be a people that would produce life and growth and produce lots of fruit in our relationships as whole people, that you would just begin to show us, Jesus, what that looks like, and, and you're already doing it, but even more, God. Thank you that there would just be so much life, that we would just function together and just display parts of you, Jesus, express who you are in different ways, Thank you, Lord. You're so good. You're so good. It's your promise to us that we would love you with all of our hearts, all of our mind, all of our souls. It's your promise. Oh, thank you, Jesus.
Christ in us, the hope of glory would just shine forth, that we would show off to the world that we are a whole people lacking nothing, lacking nothing at all. Thank you, Lord, as you completely satisfy us. You satisfy every longing in our heart, every desire in our heart. You'd love to do that. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we love you, Jesus. Uh, go ahead. I'm going to invite the ones up that I asked. They're so going to come up and... Oh, just going to see if we get maybe a word of knowledge and pray for you guys. Yes, God. Oh, we enjoy you. We enjoy you, Jesus. You're so much fun. You're so good. All right. So we're just going to wait and see for a minute if we get maybe a word of knowledge. All right. Yes. Uh, I got a picture. In the back there is a um, lady with a young child. She has a blanket in her in uh, hand, the child. And I feel that the Lord said some of us have a blanket in our hand and it is still something from the past. Um, but we have hold on to and um, the Lord said I want to be the one that hug you and the blanket I don't know what it represents for each one of us or some of us he wants that we give the blanket to him so that he can hug us yes that's so good so you guys heard maybe like a false sense of security that the Lord just wants to feel that he's what we cling on to and so um, anybody else I just feel like God wants to um, heal um, just just uh, patterns of behavior or patterns of thinking that keep us in bondage. Yeah. Yeah. So you come at the end. You can come on up and come up to these ones for prayer. Anybody else? Well, I was getting a picture of like five, someone with five gallstones, but what the gallstones are is what I saw were like, like David and his five stones, and all it took was one of those to kill the giant. So that could be for anybody out there. Good, good, yes. Yeah. Back problems, shoulder problems. Feeling kind of a pain like right here. So if that's you, anybody else? I don't want to have a word of knowledge, but no, that's okay. I just want to encourage. Um, actually, it was gone, but at the beginning, I, when you're talking, I can feel um, someone here really pain, have a lot of pain, heart. There's more uh, not the physical pain. So I just encourage you, you still feel that. Just feel free to come up and get prayer. Good. Yes. Okay. All right, anything else? My feet are burning, so I don't know, and I don't feel like it's for healing. I feel like it's like, oh, you have a heart. You just want to go, and you have this desire. You need finances, and so God has, yes. I guess, I guess too, I've just been feeling like if anybody's dealing with self-hatred, um, just feeling really down on yourself, just 
Yeah, I'd love to like pray for you even specifically because I've been feeling that a lot lately myself. So I don't think it's just for me. So that's good. Yes. Anybody else? Okay, one more. I feel like God also wants to heal um, people that suffer, suffer, or have fear of intimacy. Um, just you fear, you know, people knowing who you really are. That's really good. Yes. Anybody else? Okay, Clayton. I think just a variation of that. I just sensed, uh, I saw a picture of a, like a window, like shutters opening up. Um, and I think it just got the sense that sometimes if you feel this frustration, like um, you're trying to see God and you want to look at him, but you feel like the windows are all cloudy, that he doesn't want to just, um, for you to see clearly through the window. He wants to really open up yeah. shutters and just uh, free access to him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. Okay. I think that's one more. <laughs> I just saw that Jesus is extending his hand, um, an invitation to come closer. Here's something on his hand just for you. So it's like a ticket. Get it? Yeah. Okay. I think that's it. So. I think I have a CD, Matt, that if you could play that. And so bless you guys, and you're welcome to come on up for prayer for anything else, not just the things we called. Yeah.